Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Jackie Stewart podcast. Um, today, I have a really, really special interview for you guys with... Um, uh, she was such a delight to speak with. Her name is Becca Briggs, and Becca is a creative life coach who helps clients reignite their passion and excitement for life and live a life that is aligned with their purpose and authenticity. And she likes to support them using... Um, modalities such as NLP, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, human design, and hypnotherapy to make sure that everybody really feels like they're getting a truly customized experience and for their individual needs. And it was, it was quite an honor to talk to her. It was so much fun. I really felt like I was talking to an old friend. Um, and so the episode that we recorded, the conversation that we had was about human design. Now, if you are following me on Instagram or have listened to other episodes of mine, you may have heard me drop the word human design before. And I really wanted to bring the conversation to the table because when I found out about human design, I think it was late last year or maybe January this year, I just felt such a relief. I felt so seen, so validated in who I just am and how I go about life. Now, that um, using that example, when we think about like how society tells us how to do things, right? Oftentimes, as humans, we feel so feel shame and guilt and like oh, I'm just not a good person, a responsible person. I'm just not this or that because we can't quite fit the norms of society, right? And that's how I felt. That's how I've always felt. I've always been a very multi-passionate um, person that likes to switch things up and has like wants to think, get things done in a very unique way. And please don't tell me I have to do this because I want to do this. And um, learning about human design, which is like a modality, um, I don't know if, if people ask me, I like to say it's like astrology, but more action based. And Rebecca gave like uh, Becca, my bad in our episode gave this wonderful explanation of what it really is. It's like a mix of ancient um, spiritual practices and science. Um, and, you know, learning about my chart made so much sense. And all of a sudden I felt like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so relieved. Like I'm literally born to be this way. I'm literally born to feel this way and to um, want to do things this way. It, it doesn't mean nothing bad about me. So for one, it was just a really good tool for me to understand who I am and what I came here to do and how I came here to do it. And Becca and I are really going into the authority and the strategy of human design, which is basically how you can take or how you know you are taking aligned action, like your intuition. Every one of us has an intuition, obviously. And every one of us has slightly a different version of how our intuition speaks to us. And you may already know this because you may, obviously, even without knowing human design, you have an intuition and you are listening to your intuition. But as you maybe move forward in a life that is a little bit more uncertain because you want to build a life that is more um, intuitive, you want to be more... You want to follow your dreams more. You just really want to do things um, the way you want to do them, right? Then not getting caught up in like, oh my God, society's doing this and, you know, I should be doing this helps to know your human design and how you take aligned action, how your intuition is speaking and what, you know, how, who you really are and what your desires really are and how you came here to be in this world, because this is something you can fall back to. It really, really helped me as I was building this business. Um, and my husband too, it really, really helped us to understand, you know, we, we, we don't have to do these things because we can listen to ourselves or it is normal for us to want to do these things and these things and these things, right? We are both multi-passionate and I can only really say it again. I've said it in so many posts, stories and other, um, episodes on here, learn about human design. It doesn't mean you have to um, go down a rabbit hole. It doesn't mean you have to um, use it for business like I do or anything. But I wholeheartedly believe that if you learn about your human design, there is so much that all of a sudden makes sense about you. Um, and yeah, so listen to this episode. It was a wonderful conversation. 
Becca is actually um, talking about a very specific um, example that she had just recently in her life about moving where she was using her human design. Um, and yeah, there's so much to gain from this. So, And if you've already been curious about human design, now's the chance to really learn something about it. And yeah, enjoy this episode. So why don't you help me welcome Becca to this podcast? Hi, Becca. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, and thank you for having me. So excited. Yeah, it's actually, um, I mean, for people that are listening now, we've talked like already 10 minutes (laughs) before I hit record (laughs) and it was such a good conversation. I'm getting beautiful, interesting energy from you. And um, can you tell us or can you tell the listeners um, who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Becca Briggs. I am a creative life coach and I help people to reignite their passion and excitement for life and reconnect with their purpose and their authentic and on I can't talk authenticity mm-hmm. and living a life that actually works for them. Um, as I mentioned, I use a variety of tools and modalities such as Meyer Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, human design to really help people get clear about who they are, why they do the things that they do, and use that to um, build a life that works for them instead of feeling like they have to fit the mold of what other people expect for them or what society tells us we have to, to be and do. And to, I call myself a creative life coach because then using our human experiences to connect with our creativity to express ourselves and share our experiences and our perspectives and our stories and what we have to share with the world around us. For sure. Thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, people who listen to my podcast know that this is everything that I'm all about, like authenticity, alignment, saying fuck you to society standards and doing your own thing and really believing that you can pave your path and it can be so unique and just so full of ease and joy that you're like, I cannot believe that this gets to be my life and gets to be my path. But, you know, there's a reason for our desires and the way that we want to do things for a reason, right? Because we are so Mm -hmm. unique. So um, bringing all of that uniqueness in, I do want to talk to you about human design. Um, And for anybody who doesn't know human design, you will definitely get a taste of what that is today. And all I can say about it is it changed my life. Like the moment I learned about it, I'm like, everything makes sense. And Mm -hmm. in such a deeper level than just astrology or your zodiac sign can at least give for me. And, you know, I've I've learned about Myers-Briggs a little bit, not so much about Enneagram and definitely found myself in some areas, but not as I have found myself in the depth of human design. So, um, but before we go into all of the nitty gritty of that, I would love to hear if you don't mind sharing what led you to doing this. Coaching or human design? I mean, coaching <laughs> kind of like all of it, just, you know, what is it? your own story to, to say, yeah. okay, I want to help so, people do this. I will say I have always been, I don't know, a weird kid growing up, an interesting kid. Like I, from, I mean, as soon as I could remember, I always loved personal growth. You know, I read all the chicken soup books when I was mm-hmm. a kid and a teenager and always just had this drive to want to better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew from a very young age that my goal in life was to make art, be creative and to help people. But growing up was always told that, you know, you can't make a career out of that. That's impractical, right. you know, get realistic. And And which is part of the reason I want to help people with that now is because for so long, I convinced myself that, yeah, that's not possible. I can't do that. But um, in terms of of coaching, we'll say I have always been that person, you know, the person in my friend group that everyone goes to advice, family goes to for advice and strangers come up to me and share their life story and I offer advice or, or, (laughs) or guidance through it. And so this just always was a natural part of who I was and what I did. And I never really thought much of it. Uh, in college was when I learned about Myers-Briggs and was super Mm -hmm. fascinated with understanding how people work, uh, how we function, how we're different, how we can connect when we operate so differently and learning 
how to use that to better myself, but then also better my relationships with people. Uh, through Myers-Briggs, I then learned about Enneagram, which is, mm-hmm. you know, another, its own rabbit hole of, of right. studying, you know, more of the ego. Where does the ego come from? How do we use it to help us instead of enable our unhealthy right. behaviors? Um, and then in terms of becoming, I guess, a professional coach, when COVID happened and got laid off from my job, we were in lockdown. It was like, okay, here's a good time for self-reflection. What am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Um, I'm kind of tired of working a bunch of jobs that, fun jobs, but jobs that weren't super fulfilling. Right. And kind of similar to how I ended up here in Oregon is uh, I did some tarot readings. I started having some dreams about coaching and, you know, the tarot readings came back of being a guide for people, wow. being a coach for people. And I was like, what, like, what are the details of this? Like, mm-hmm. can you actually make it a career out of it? And looked into it, found out you could and mm-hmm. got certified as a life coach, um, awesome. signed up, got certified and have just been going on ever since. <laughs> oh, wow. This is so cool. I love yeah. it. Um, the story about how you moved to Oregon that you shared with me before we um, started recording, I really want you to share it because to me, it sounded like a really great example of like following the human design intuitive mm-hmm. uh, nudge. And so let's bring human design into the conversation. Can you um, tell us what for for people who really have no clue what it is, like never heard of it before? How would you explain it to them? Yeah, so human design, it's kind of a new esoteric study that combines a mix of some ancient modalities. So astrology, uh, Kabbalah tree of life, chakra systems, and um, the Chinese I Ching with Mm -hmm. some more modern studies such as biochemistry, genetics, and and it formulates what is is a a mandala, essentially, Mm -hmm. that gives you an energetic blueprint of who you're here to be, what your life path is, the energies that you naturally put out in the world, what you're here to share with the world, as well as what you're here to learn and receive in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is a, a beautiful tool to to give clarity on how how we function in a more aligned state and what our what our natural impulses are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. So, you know, let me hit pause for one second because my mm-hmm. window again. Okay. Well, I really loved your explanation because to be quite honest, I didn't even know that all of these different ancient and scientific modalities played a role in human design. When people ask me what human design is, I would, and I think it's true too, but I would always say, well, it's kind of like your zodiac sign, but more actionable. Like that's how I felt. Mm. Um, it really helps you take action in a way that really is is for you in a very aligned way um so can i ask you what your profile is in human design Mm -hmm. so i'm a six two reflector oh wow interesting i'm a six two manifesting generator (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we definitely came here to show the world that there's a unique way of doing Mm -hmm. things right um absolutely yeah so how how would you now, w- given the um, definite or with the definition that you just gave us, can you kind of like walk people through your um, Oregon move and how that how that made sense? Yeah. yeah. So because this is I will say move. So, yeah, background story. I previously previously was located in Los Angeles. I lived there for six years. And for about three, three and a half of those years, I knew I wanted to move somewhere. I wanted, I was not happy there, but I didn't know where it was I wanted to go. So kind of similar to what you were saying a little bit ago is uh, starting to feel like I'm getting pushed out. I, I, I really am not meant to be here anymore. So last year in 2022, I took a lot of time to do some soul searching and really assess, okay, where is it that I want to go? what is next for me? And I started having dreams about Oregon. So 
let me backtrack a little bit to, to bring in the human design in it. Mm -hmm. So as a, uh, in human design, you have, depending on who you talk to, they'll say either four or five different types. So manifesting generator is kind of like its own special type, but there's generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. Mm -hmm. And the manifesting generators have some of the qualities of manifestors and generators in their own unique type. Um, and every type has a different type of aura and how they present themselves to the world and how the world perceives them. And they have their own forms of strategy and authority and how you make aligned decisions. It's kind of like the, the main differential factor between them without getting deep into the individual charts. Um, so for a reflector, um, we have no defined channels or defined channels, defined centers in our charts. Oh, wow. So the strategy and authority um, is to, I, they say, wait a lunar cycle. Mm. Uh, different reflectors will tell you that sometimes it's not necessarily waiting. You don't have to wait just one. Sometimes it's like waiting a full lunar cycle is enough time that you need to make a decision. Sometimes it might be longer than a lunar cycle. Sometimes it might be less, but it's really waiting until you have all the information to make an aligned decision. So wow. with trying to decide where you want to move to, this was kind of my experiment of like, okay, I'm not going to rush into figuring anything out. I'm going to wait until I have this full bodied. Yes, this is what I meant to do. However long that takes, but I need to set the intention that it's going to happen. Mm. So I started having dreams about Oregon and dreams about moving to Oregon and dreams about meeting people and reconnecting with people that I knew from a long time ago in Oregon. And after like the fourth or fifth dream, I was like, okay, I get it. This is, wow. this is a sign. This is happening. So that was when I decided, I was like, okay, I'm moving to Oregon. Now I just need to figure out where in Oregon. And, and this was, so what this would have been in like October, November of last year was when I was like, okay, we're going to, so this was a, a lengthy process. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like a month a month and a half in and of itself. So then I started looking at different towns and getting a feel for, for different ones on the map to see where I wanted to go. And originally I had found, I'd say like three or four towns that looked kind of cool. Um, but when I saw Astoria on the map and saw pictures of it, I felt this electric current go through me. And I was like, okay, that's the town. Like, I know that's the town. I know that's it. So just a quick question. When you said the electro, are you also a sacral or does that not work with reflectors? No, oh. no. Yeah. So no, it can be something. So, um, depending on the planetary transits, um, you might kind of sample different. So they say, especially with reflectors, because every, you know, we follow the moon cycle. So every couple of days when, you know, every time the moon changes gates, we experience something differently. Mm -hmm. So we're like constantly shifting. Wow. So if it was a, if it happened to be on a day that with the planetary placements that I was sampling, maybe a generator energy that could have happened. Mm, I see. Um, I'm still kind of experimenting with what it really means to be a reflector and what, yeah. what it's like and, and, and sampling all the different energies because it is challenging because it's okay. The planetary transits have something to do with it, but also being around people has an effect. Mm -hmm. So if I'm around somebody, maybe I'm picking up on some of their energy or maybe it's the planets or is it me being, uh, you know, in a healthy state or an unhealthy state? It's, kind of hard to track. <laughs> um, but I found it doesn't happen often, but when I have that full body, just electric current, I'm like, okay, there's something there. Right. Um, similarly, I would say with, I guess my, any experiences I've had with paranormal stuff is if I've like felt this like full body, like, oh, something's here and doesn't want us here. I like, if it happens, I, I take it as a sign. Got it. Sure. Wow. So then you just followed that electricity in your body and you actually did move to Oregon, right? I did. Yeah. So at first, like I felt it and I was like, okay, this is the place. I did have kind of a brief moment where I was like, well, maybe I'll take a road trip up and kind of go to the different towns, like, you know, and just check everything out. Cause I, I was getting in my, in my own way with my mind being like, that doesn't make logical sense to just move somewhere you've never been to before. Like, maybe I should check it out first. 
And every time I would make plans to take a road trip up here, it would, something would happen and I wasn't able to do it. Mm, so then wow. I, I came to terms with the fact I was like, okay, you only want to take a road trip up here because you're scared of taking right. this next step. There's not, you don't need to, you already know the answer. You have the answer within you. So just cut out the middleman and, and make it happen. And wow. I pretty quickly found an apartment, got approved for it two hours later, put in my 30 days at the place I was living and my cat and I packed up and moved up here. And I've been up here for a couple months now. Wow, this is so cool. I really love the story beyond human design. I just love it because it's such a great example of following your intuition and stepping out of your comfort zone, even though you're afraid, like this is really, this stuff excites me, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I think it makes sense for somebody like me who's a manifesting generator. You know, when you said, okay, for reflectors, it's more about like waiting until you have the whole picture. I'm like, I'm so jealous because, <laughs> you know, as manifesting generators, we react and decide on impulse, right? Um, so it happens very quickly. And to be honest, as the more I've learned about human design and my profile and my um, type, it's been fun so much more okay who that makes sense but also a little bit exhausting because you know it's really from impulse to impulse like i learned that uh, manifesting generators so people who really um operate out of the sacral and then my authority is to respond it's not the emotional wave or none of that it's like to respond mm. in the moment so you know all I get is impulses and from moment to moment it's showing me and when I look back yeah I can totally see how it's building but it sometimes it's like oh my god can I just have the full information so I know what to do you know and especially with this move I have to admit I'm so excited about it like super excited but I'm also like okay it's not just me and my cat we have two but no it's me or cats my husband or children like can mm -hmm. i have a little bit more information to feel safe as i'm making this um decision so but i think you know the puzzle pieces that are kind of like difficult for us like you said you're kind of still figuring out how to navigate what it really means to be a reflector i think this at least this is how i interpret it is like really leaning onto it and trusting that you can make these decisions and trust your your you know intuition in mm -hmm. that place um i would love to know ever since like learning about the reflector and all of that type of stuff how has that been like did you learn about it like i did and you're like oh my god that makes so much sense about me or what was your experience yeah, so it re it resonated a lot. Um, so I'll say in terms of Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFJ. So mm. when learning about that, and I hate, I hate saying this, but like, you know, INFJs being like the rare types, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it, it's, I don't know, I've, I hate saying it just because a lot of people will say that, and especially a lot of people that I, you know, might be mistyped as an INFJ are like super excited, like, oh, we're the rare types. And it's like, I feel like anyone who's genuinely an INFJ is like it. I like that it makes sense why I am so different from other people, but I, I, I hate, hate it right. at the same time. It's a very love hate relationship. And it's like, I, sometimes you just wish that you could be in the same experience that other people have and not be so different and misunderstood Absolutely. and un unappreciated most of the time. And so that was something that I, I worked through for a long time with Myers-Briggs. And then I kind of went through the same thing when learning about being a reflector was reflectors are only about 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> like, <you>. thanks. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, the reflector, the unicorn. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but it's also so great. <laughs> like, but it's really like, you know, childhood was really rough and growing up, figuring out who, who are you, what you're here to do, not having a guiding sense of authority, people questioning you or not taking you seriously half the time. And you don't know what you want to, what you're doing. And you look to other people for guidance, but a lot of the guidance that you get from others isn't right for you because right. you're meant to be different. You're meant to do things differently, but our society, our world's not set up for, not set up mostly for non-sacral beings, but especially reflectors. And it was, it was learning about it was validating and also frustrating. Right. That makes Cause sense. Cause you're like, okay, I'm fighting the uphill battle 
of my life is supposed to be different. That's great. And I, that's what I want, but how do I actually make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I totally hear um, you. Were you going to add yeah. something? <laughs> I was just going to say, so that's, I'm still trying to figure that out. If I'm being honest of, you know, how to sustain my energy and, and what I'm here to do and how I'm here to do it while living the, the practical life of needing, obviously like needing to pay bills and needing to, to be a part of society and how can I be taken seriously in that and being true to myself while also fulfilling these, these roles and responsibilities that you're meant to just from existing in this yeah. plane. Yeah. You know, you saying that I really feel for you. <laughs> this is, sounds, um, uh, I mean, it sounds beautiful, frustrating, like you said, and also a little bit lonely. I can only imagine, um, you know, even though I'm not a reflector, I really resonated what you said about like just feeling very different, being different. And I think all types have that in their own way. But, you know, as a 6-2 profile, which means you are the role model, right? Like you are really showing people how life can be lived in, in ways that we never imagined and how you can do and achieve things that, you know, you just, you, you are the leader, right? You show it to them. So you go first. And then as a manifesting generator, so really being like driven by, I don't want to say impulsivity, but like really um, just really following what it is that you desire and not settling for anything that you don't desire. And, you know, the hardest part about manifesting generators for me is the multi-passionate um, aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my coaches, she's a projector and she's like, I love that. Do you know how I wish that I had a million and five ideas coming at me every single day? And I'm like, really? People wish for that? Because quite honestly, this is exhausting, like really exhausting. <laughs> and, you know, the way we work, and my husband is a manifesting generator, too. So it's a little <laughs> bit chaotic. <laughs> a lot of stuff um, happening all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so many projects. And oh, my God, what about this program? This masterclass? Boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, we have um, also these cycles of like responding and then waiting. So I'm actually really in the face of like, really embracing and being very joyful and playful in my waiting area. Um, because when we have this impulse of like, Ooh, this is what I want to do. The energy is there to create something that people would, you know, it would take them hours or weeks. We do that in minutes. Like we mm. create classes, master classes, programs in minutes, the whole freaking yeah. curriculum, like boom, boom, it just works. But at the same time, See, I'm jealous of that. Like I can, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then at the same time, it's like, so then we created a project and five days later, you're like, okay, actually that doesn't sound appealing anymore. So kind of like navigating this whole yes and no, and maybe here and let's go over here. So I think we all have our own challenges. And for me, when, you know, going back to like feeling really lonely, it's so hard to be honest, to share this type of life with others because, and I judged myself for my multi-passionate, um, being and like wanting different things like I can point back to my whole life and when it comes to work every three months I was like okay I'm done I need something new I'm done I need something new and my whole life I would be like oh my god can you just stick with something so you know learning about um, human design and embracing this messiness was such a big relief but at the same time I find it really hard to share all that with people because they're like, you know, it is in our society, it is very much this, you choose something, you stick with it, and you do it, right? And if you then don't follow this path, it's like, people are like, didn't you say you were going to do this? And what happened to this? So mm -hmm. yeah, but um, I did want to ask you, navigating all of this, right? Like who you are, the unicorn of our um, society, and learning about this and really embracing this non-societal standard way of living. Have you dealt with a lot of loneliness? And how, if so, how are you navigating it? Or have you navigated it? Mm. Yes, I would. Yeah, I would say there has been quite a bit of loneliness. Like even having relationships and having friendships. Um, I feel like there's very few people in this world who've really got to see me, mm. really see and understand me. And I don't know, it's, it is something I've been embracing a little bit more of, of as a six, two and as a reflector is 
you know, this is the life path I'm meant to live and understanding and embracing that not everyone is meant to share it with me. Right. Um, especially I know one thing that I've, I've read a lot about reflectors is we're only meant to be in an environment to, to share the truth that people need to hear and make the changes that they're meant to make. And then we move on to the next one. So kind of similar to what you were saying with work environments is I've had a lot of different jobs Mm. and either it fits or it doesn't fit. But usually once my time is done there, my time is done there. And I feel like that same thing with, with relationships and friendships is it always gets to a point and it's not always like the same kind of time frame, but it'll always get to a point where then everything just changes and we just wow. grow apart. We're just not friends anymore. We break up, whatever it is. And it's like, okay, that time is done. And it is, I don't know, but it's something I think about. And I'm like, I think it's only hard because there's this societal expectation of, you know, this foreverness and and having this partnership or having this one career, having this one partner, having like the best friend since birth kind of relationship. And I'm like, but if that expectation wasn't there, if that, you know, thought wasn't there, I don't know if it would be as lonely because it really is only lonely because you're looking at it through the lens of, of lack Mm -hmm. versus embracing more of, I get to experience all these different people, all these different situations. And I get to, to sample so much that I, and have all these opportunities that I never would have if I did just stay in Mm -hmm. one place and do one thing. Yeah. Wow. I really love just what you said about like the societal norms of the foreverness and, you know, really feeling lonely through that because it, it resonates so much. And I truly believe that you are absolutely right about it. Um, yeah, I really hope that people, you know, even if you're not into all of this human design and living your best life or whatever, but just embracing the idea that people grow apart, that, Mm -hmm. you know, friendships do end, that it didn't mean that they were any less, um, or all of a sudden you suck or that person sucks, but it, it just is life. And it's, it's been something I personally navigated, like, Ever since, um, like I had a, me and my husband, we had a very, one of our biggest spiritual initiations last summer. And Mm. ever since then, it's been like really growing leaps and bounds, like quantum jumps of personal growth. And that's another aspect that always made me feel very different and lonely, lonely because I do, when I grow personally, I quantum jump. Like I would share like, ah, you know, this has been coming up and this is, those are the lessons that I'm learning and the wisdom that I'm gaining. And then I'm talking to a friend and she's like, yeah, you know, actually me too. I'm, I'm learning how to, um, not be on my phone an hour before bed. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like embracing everything in life and like Mm -hmm. so much bigger and boom, all of these quantum leaps. So yeah, it's um, what you just said actually made me feel a little bit better because it was this reminder of like, yeah, actually, it just is society. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so but I'm curious to hear since you've moved to um, you said Astoria. Mm-hmm. How are you liking it? I love it so much. Yeah. I I feel like I've been here forever. And I've had to stop myself and be like, it's only been, it hasn't even, it'll be two months next week. So, but the first month I was here, I was like, I already feel like I've been here for six months. And I had to be like, okay, calm down. You just moved here. Like, especially in terms of of business is Mm -hmm. trying to get involved in the community and get myself out there as a coach and meet people and, and collaborate with people is, you know, I had a little bit where I was feeling a little down, a little frustrated. Like, why haven't I done this yet? I'm like, Becca, you've only been here a month. Calm down. Wow. Like it's fine. <laughs> um, but it, it feels right. And it's so fascinating because the more that I've met people out here, they have had a very similar experience that I did of mm. just picking a place on the map and, and ended up moving here and have been here for seven years or, wow. um, it seems like there's the, a vortex here or something that draws people in. I love that. I have to look it up on the map. I mean, I know I'm not moving to Oregon. Like I already know this, but you know, yeah. traveling, I've, I've been wanting to go to Oregon for the longest. So maybe I need to make a visit out of it. Um, wow. That's, I love, I love how much that really 
you know, the decision that you made is not really, not just now, but since you moved there, really showing you that was absolutely right to trust my intuition and come here and that it's been so great. Um, another question about human design. So when you work with people, how, what, what are you teaching them? Like, I think I'm trying to go back to like people who don't know what human design is. What do you think is most important for people to understand about human design? If they want to use it in a practical way in their lives, not necessarily learn about it all nerdy. From a practical standpoint, just learning your strategy and authority, knowing what your type is and your strategy and authority works wonders. Mm -hmm. I like, I did a reading a couple days ago for someone and you know, before I always kind of ask, you know, what are the areas of your life that you're wanting guidance on that you feel kind of stuck in? Where are you at? And just like every time there'll, there'll be something I'm like, okay, so we'll start talking and get to the strategy and authority part of the reading. And then usually it'll get brought up like, well, what do I do about this and this and this? And I'm like, you go to your strategy and authority, right? Like, this is, this is literally it is. And, and again, like kind of experiment with it. So for example, the, this person that I did, um, she was a generator and I'm like, you ask your sacral, Mm -hmm. like anytime you're faced with, you know, you said that earlier you were faced with these options, ask your sacral, like your sacral is almost like your magic eight ball that will give you the answer. You just have to ask it. Right. But if you're in your head trying to figure out the answer, what it is that you want, you're not going to get it. And that's, I think that's one of the keys with human design is, um, even if you're like a mental projector, which is the only one that has, um, that your head and Ajna as kind of your, uh, defined authoritative centers, it's still not your head and Ajna that are your, it's not, that's not your authority. Your head is never your authoritative center for making aligned decisions. So if you're trying to make decisions with the head, you need to go back to the body because your actual authority is either in your body or if you're a mental projector, it's your environment. And if you're a reflector, it's waiting until you have the answer, which is usually something in the body. Wow. You know, like again, like that full body. Yes. Wow. Um, okay. I have to repeat this because apart from human design, right? You never make decisions from your mind, but from your body. Okay, Mm -hmm. we all like I've been so big on like really building this trusting and loving friendship with your body and really living out of your body. And you just confirmed it. So I just need people to understand this. Do not make decisions out of your mind. You know, your mind gives you ideas Mm -hmm. on what something could look like. But intuitive aligned actions happen in the body. Okay. yes, everybody should have gotten this now. Well, and that's why I love using, so like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram are a little bit more mental based. It's, Mm. it's, it's, you know, our egos is kind of like that, that mind heart connection. I would say Myers-Briggs is more mental cognitive functions. So I love using that to say like, okay, this is where the head plays a role. This is where our mind interacts, but we're still not making decisions with that. Mm -mm we're understanding what the mind is taking in and what it's being influenced by, but it's still not your driving force for making decisions that again, comes from the body (laughs) with your authority and and your strategy. Yeah. That is so cool. It's probably really beneficial to learn about the other types too, just so you have a full understanding of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but going back, I think it would be really interesting to kind of like explain the different authorities and strategies. And, you know, for people, I think these words could be confusing. Authorities and strategies usually just mean how your intuition talks to you and how you make aligned actions, right? You you can't throw this word out of the field if you you want to. Um, Mind you, I was a high school teacher, so I'm always coming back to bringing it down to the most (laughs) simple way so that everybody in the classroom understands what I'm talking about. Um, But so, um, yeah, so the different authorities and strategies, I'm really good about like the sacral, right, right, and waiting to respond and also um, the riding the emotional wave. Um, I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure about the other ones. Yeah, so let me, let me gotta like get, get in the mindset. So, um, so we have different, so your strategy is how you make decisions, how you make the most aligned decisions and your authority is essentially what you're consulting when making those decisions. 
Um, and it has to do with the, the def definition or the colored in centers that are in your body graph chart that is formed in your human design uh, when you look up your human design. So I'll have to go through them because I can't remember off the top of my head how many there are. So um, we'll start with uh, generators and manifesting generators. The strategy is to respond mm -hmm. um, when you're faced with a choice, with a decision, um, trying to make an aligned decision, your response, um, your strategy is to respond to your environment. And because of this is you're more open to receiving signs from the universe. So it could be literally responding to other people or responding to, um, the universe and getting a sign from the universe on what that decision is. Mm -hmm. So one example that I love using with, um, generators and manifesting generators that I read in a book once was, uh, this woman was trying to decide between two colleges and she had gotten scholarships to both. They were both great programs. She, you know, didn't know which one she wanted to do. So she put the question out there of like, I need to decide which school I'm choosing. And the key to responding is like, it doesn't need to be an impulsive decision. It usually isn't like you will wait until you get the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it was like a few days later and maybe a couple of weeks later, she was driving and was at a red light in the car in front of her. The license plate had uh, the letters, the, the acronym for one of the schools. Wow. And that was her sign from the universe of like, okay, that's the school I'm going to. Wow. And it's, um, you just know when you get that, that sign, that validation. For sure. You're absolutely um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it can be an in the moment, like, um, so because if you have a sacral authority is you might have an immediate, uh-huh or uh-uh response, a yes or no. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I think that I think of the sacral as a magic eight ball where you ask it and it's either yes, no, maybe later, right. not right now. <laughs> um, I don't know, something like that, but it, you will have an immediate response. Um, yeah. but then waiting until you get that validated response yeah. from the universe or your environment. Um, there's also an emotional authority, which means that your solar plexus is defined. Um, so that would be for manifesting generators and manifestors and projectors can have emotional authority. Mm -hmm. Um, so what that means is if you're faced with a decision to make, you will do something called riding an emotional wave where you're going to experience a high, you're going to experience a low, and you want to wait until after when it kind of mellows out in the middle to get a clear answer on if it's for you or not. Mm -hmm. So otherwise, if you make a decision when you're in the high state, then you're going to probably go through a phase where you're like, why did I agree to do this? I don't want to do this. And you see all the bad parts of this decision and potentially regretted or have made the wrong decision for you. Or you might go over the high phase, make the decision when you're in the low phase to not do something and completely miss out on what it is that you would have wanted to do. So, and every emotional wave is a little bit different. It can be a big wave, high and low. It can be a bunch of little waves. Mm -hmm. um, it can be like a slow buildup and then a crash. Mm. Um, it's always different, but I feel like if you have emotional authority, you probably know what your sensation is yeah. like. It's just about being in tune to it and mm -hmm. uh, kind of a, like a muscle or a, a skill is is getting used to it to where you can know it without having to, the more you use it, the more you can use it without consciously trying to use it. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I have a few friends who are uh, have the emotional authority and I think what they learn most about them is to understand that it's in their best interest to take a little bit of time to make a decision, decision. So not feel pressure to make a decision in the moment, which, you know, sacral beings can navigate a lot better if it's a full body. Yes. Full body. No. And even if it's a, I don't know, like we can trust either of these three. Right. Whereas, mm -hmm. and you know, this is what I've actually told a friend who has emotional authority and wanted to learn a bit, a bit more about it. I told her, you know what? you have the audacity, like it's your right to not make a decision in a moment because that's in your best interest. So if somebody mm -hmm. needs an answer from you and that person is all urgent about it, you can still let them know, I need a day or two to think about it. Like, yep. you know, like navigating that, I think is the most practical way for them to 
to totally that's what I recommend yeah to if you have emotional authority is if you can ask them if you can get back to them later or ask them when the deadline like when do I need to let you know by um right if you can not make decisions in the moment because you're literally not built to so if you want to start making more consistent aligned decisions um you know the the best answer is going to come to you when the time is right not in the now right okay yeah really good thank you for saying that um mm. so i heard that was also the splenic something yeah so you can have splenic authority when is which is when you're um so spleen so i'm like thinking this off the top of my head so this would be so as a generator be sacral authority manifesting generators can be sacral emotional and then so you get into manifestors and projectors that can have splenic authority mm. and um sorry i'm like going back and forth i'm like strategy or authority now so okay. um yeah so let's talk about the spleen so this split having splenic authority means that you would not have this emotional wave. You, your solar plexus would not be defined and your sacral would not be defined. So that is the next defined center kind of in the hierarchy that's right. takes charge. And your spleen is in charge. It's like your inner intuition. It's char- It's in charge of our health, our safety, our immunity, our well-being. So people with splenic authority, it's similar but not similar to the sacral is like you have this inner innate knowing if something is good for you or not Oh, I see. um and it can be a physical sensation it can be a very subtle like inner knowing or not but it's you you have some sort of sign whether something's good for you or not and healthy for you or not and it's one of those anyone who has their spleen defined kind of has this capability but especially if your authority is the spleen is if you are not making aligned decisions, you might find yourself more susceptible to illnesses, health issues, literally your body kind of rejecting the environment that you're in and the decisions that you're making. Um, I talked to somebody recently who had that, who she was in a situation that wasn't good for her. And she started having like weird medical things and was going to all these doctors and they couldn't find what was wrong with her. But then the second she changed the situation, it started clearing up. Oh, that is so interesting. I didn't know that about explaining people, but that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so interesting how the body speaks. It's so yeah. interesting. Okay. And then is there another authority? So after the spleen would be, yeah. So there's self, um, self projected. So projectors can have a self, uh, it's when your G center is defined think G center to the throat mm-hmm. or G center to the ego. Um, so that's just for projector types. And that is um, making decisions um, based on like what you know is right for you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, a, it's kind of this innate is similar. It's like an innate knowing within you of like, is this me? Is this the right decision for me? Like, but it's again, not coming from the head. It's like, it's this all knowing of, is right. this my, my path? Got it. Um, Because most, if you have your, most of the time, if you have your G center defined and your your ego center defined is like, you will know if something's for you or not. Um, Okay. And, and because it's like, you have this whole sense of identity and Mm. and your path. So, um, but that's, if you have no of the other centers defined, so that's going to be your guiding force. Got it. Um, And then projectors can have, um, there's mental projectors, which base it off their environment. Mm. So again, it's not the mind that is the authority, but it's, it's getting the direction and validation from your environment. Oh, wow. And, and then as projectors, they're meant to then share what needs to be shared with the environment that they're kind of being invited to respond to. Got it. Um, And then as I mentioned before, reflectors with no definition is waiting a lunar cycle. Um, so waiting like 28, 29 days and, or just until you have this full body. Yes. Mm. So that's something I'll say as a reflector, I've been experimenting with, and I started this ritual at the beginning of the month where I have a notebook and I'll write down any questions that I have that I'm pondering. And then I review it at the end of the month. And I find that most of the time my questions have been answered. 
Oh, wow. Um, or it's like, if it's, you know, something that was formed in the middle of the month, it might still be a work in progress, but it's like, I'll usually have either like a yes or no by the end of the month on oh, any question so cool. that I have. That's probably a really helpful exercise for reflectors. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This has been so good. I think people really are able to find some value in this. If you do not know what human design is, go, I will link the website where you can get your chart, but go link, okay. uh, go check oh. it out. I should mention really quick is because I, I went in a little bit about generators strategy, but not the other types. Oh, that's right. Thank you for saying um, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause yeah. But so the generators, um, strategy is to respond, mm -hmm. uh, manifestors strategy is to inform. Mm -hmm. So manifestors are kind of here to initiate. They're very innovative. They're here to start new things. Um, but it's not just initiating, but it's, to inform people of what you're initiating on. So then, for example, you can initiate a generator to respond to right. help you out because manifestors typically won't have the, they don't have that sacral willpower and energy to always complete stuff. Right. Um, so it's informing people of those decisions. Uh, projectors are here. Their strategy is to wait for an invitation. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this is something I like to point out because a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm just waiting around for stuff, but it's literally just focusing on nurturing yourself and nurturing your craft and skills and knowledge so that you can get recognized for what you have to offer and you're invited to then share what you have to offer. It's not just waiting around doing nothing, but it's, right. it's building up the foundation of, of tools and resources and knowledge that you have to share for when people say, Hey, I need this. And you're you are that person that they need. You're here to guide them. Right. Um, and then reflect, yeah, reflectors are, uh, that's kind of the lunar cycle is our, our strategy. Yeah. Thank you for making sure we get that in. Cause that's really important too. This mm -hmm. has been a wonderful conversation, Becca. I really, really love talking to you. Um, how can people find you? Uh, yeah. So you can find me on all social media platforms at the Becca Briggs. Uh, or on my website, BeccaBriggs.com, where I do have a, um, I have a free archetype quiz if you're interested mm -hmm. for, if you're in trying to figure out what your next steps in growth are in life, if you're feeling stuck, if you are needing a change, needing a shift, uh, to give you a little guidance on what might best suit you on how you can get out of the situation that you're in that's been keeping you stuck. Cool. Um, and, so, and obviously human design as well. If you are interested, I would be happy to pull up anybody's chart and help guide them. Yeah. That's actually better than just doing it yourself because I, I did it myself. Like, and then I needed so much information to understand what it was. It can, it can be fun to just kind of look at, but just to let everybody know there's going to be a lot of numbers. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And they never tell you, you get the chart and you're like, what does any of this mean? Right. Right. <laughs> so book a reading with Becca. She's going to walk you through everything. So you really understand mm -hmm. who you are and how you're supposed to do life in a way that really lights you up and makes fun to you. And again, thank you so much for um, being here. I will link everything to how people can find you in the show notes. And I really, really uh, hope to speak to you soon again. And I'm, I'm just gonna make sure I can follow you and what you do. So we can stay in touch. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been great. <laughs>